This is Mother's Day, but I want to speak to the whole congregation, mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, aunts, uncles, cousins, kids, because this is um, something that, that we all need to know. And if I were to title my message today, it would be called to Leave a Legacy. Each one of us will leave this earth at some point. We'll take our last breath here. And we'll either take our first breath in heaven with Christ or we'll spend eternity in hell with the devil. And so today I want you to make sure that you understand where you're going. Not just you, but those that you encounter as well. So let's talk about leaving a legacy. A legacy is something that is handed down or remains from a previous generation or time. The one thing that Jesus did, and he was so awesome at, he left a legacy of salvation. For generations upon generations, people have been getting saved because of the blood of Jesus, because of the cross. He left us the ability to spend eternity with Christ, and that is so awesome. But as his disciples... We are supposed to leave that legacy as well. Don't allow your friends and family members to wonder where you are when you take your last breath on this earth. Don't make them go through that. You either live a life that says, yes, I am on fire for Christ and I am spending eternity with him, or you live a life where you're going to spend eternity in hell, but let them know where you are. Don't make them wonder where you are. That's not fair. It's hard enough when you leave this earth and then for them to wonder, that's not right. Make sure they know where they're going. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So the things that we do in leaving a legacy of salvation is to allow people to know that we believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Don't let anybody doubt whether you believe or not. Repent of your sin and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. I want to tell you a little story about my great-grandmother. She was probably about this tall. I come from a line of short people if you guys didn't know. But um, we called her Mother Sarah. Actually, in our little slang, we called her Ma Sarah. So one day, Ma Sarah was, um, was at her house, and one of her neighbors came by, and she told her that she had just found Christ. Well, Ma Sarah asked a lot of questions. The neighbor lady didn't really know a whole lot because she had just gotten saved, but she taught her everything that she knew. And so Ma Sarah got saved. And she began to read her Bible. Now, Masera was not very educated, but God allowed her to read the truth of his word. And he gave her great revelation that she shared with my grandmother, Big Mommy. And Big Mommy shared the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ with my mom, my mama. And my mom and my grandmother and my great-grandmother I know 
are all in heaven today. But before they left, they shared the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ with me. And now I can share it with my children. And I have two of the most awesome grandchildren in the world, and I share that with them. So when I leave this earth, you guys are going to know my children, my grandchildren, and my great-grandchildren for all generations will know that when they accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, that they will live with me and him again. I'm not letting anybody doubt where I'm spending eternity, and I pray that you won't either. So leave a legacy of salvation to those that you know. Jesus left the legacy of salvation, and we are supposed to be imitators of Christ. Leave a legacy of love. How many of you enjoy being loved? Have you left that legacy to those that are around you, to your coworkers, your neighbors, your friends, especially your family, your sons and your daughters? Have you left the legacy of love like Jesus left for us, the one where he was so much in love with the Father and so much in love with us that in his obedience he went to the cross so that we could be restored, redeemed, reconciled, and forgiven? Do you have that kind of love for those that are in your circle of influence? Or do you just choose not to love them by not sharing Christ with them? Sometimes we choose to um, keep our love for Christ hidden. And when we do that, we are not leaving a legacy of love to those that are around us. I'm not just talking about, you know, like girlfriend, boyfriend love or best friend's love. I am talking about agape love, the same kind of love that Jesus has for us and for his Father. His love is patient, and his love is kind. His love is not envious, and it's not boastful. I have never known Jesus' love to be rude, and his love certainly is not self-seeking. He is not easily angered. Thank you, Jesus, for that, because sometimes I know I can push his last nerve, but he's not easily angered. He just shows me such compassion. He never keeps record of wrongdoings, never, ever, never brings up my past sins, never throws them back in my face. He delights in evil and rejoices in truth because he's the truth. Jesus protects, he trusts, he hopes, he perseveres, and this one just blows me away. His love never, ever fails. Never, ever fails. He never, ever stops loving me or you. No matter what we do, no matter where we spend eternity even, his love never fails. So you think about the next time someone comes to you and they have um, maybe offended you or 
made you angry or upset or said something about you, remember the kind of love that Jesus has, the agape love. He loved us so much that he gave us the opportunity to be restored and redeemed, to be reconciled to the Father, and to be forgiven forever and ever. Not only did he love that, us like that, but he shared that love with us, with his disciples. He put it in his word. And so we are to share that same kind of love with those that we come in contact because Jesus left a legacy of love. And he is so awesome. The next thing I want to talk about is leaving a legacy of repentance. That comes from 2 Corinthians um, chapter 7, verse 10. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. Several years ago, when I worked outside the home before I had children, I worked in an amazing job. But I had a boss that... Um, hmm well, was just very challenging to work with. I'll put it that way. I was so full of anger and hatred toward this woman because of the way that she treated me. She was very spiteful and slanderous. She was just mean and hateful. And I had never encountered anyone with a personality like that before. I didn't really know what to do with it. So I prayed for her because that's what I saw my mom do when people treated her like that. But she was just so mean and vindictive toward me. And so I was angry and full of hatred and bitterness toward her. But one day, God just called me out. Don't you hate it when he does that? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I was being super spiritual, and I was reading a devotional. And he told me in that devotional that I needed to repent to those people that I had this anger and hatred and bitterness for. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. (laughs) I have to tell you, I did not read that devotional book very much after that day because I didn't want to be called out anymore. (laughs) But God told me to repent and to ask this woman for forgiveness. I'm like, are you kidding me, God? I did not do anything wrong. I went to work. I did all my work. I was pleasant to the employees and to our customers. I was on it. She was the one that was wrong for treating me mean. God didn't go for that. (laughs) He was like, LaTanya, look at your heart. And when I saw it, I saw this big hatred, this big bitterness, resentment, you know. So I made up my mind that I was going to be obedient As hard as that was, I had to swallow my pride and thank God I did because that is not what God wants us to have is pride. But I called her on the phone and I said to her, please forgive me for my attitude that I've had against you. I've been angry and hateful toward you. I've got hatred and bitterness in my heart toward you. And then there was silence on the phone. I'm like, oh, did I do the right thing? Did I really hear from God? 
But she began to sob because she had asked God just that morning, give me a sign, Lord, to let me know that you are real. Thank God that he helped me to be obedient because that certainly was not on my plan of things to do that day. I lost contact with that lady, but maybe, just maybe, that sign, through that sign, she came to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Maybe, just maybe, she repented of her sin, and maybe, just maybe, she acknowledged God as her Lord and Christ as her Savior. And maybe, just maybe today, the Holy Spirit dwells within her. Godly sorrow brings repentance and leads to salvation and leaves no regret. And so I pray that my ex-boss knows Christ and that I left with her a legacy of repentance. Because Jesus left that for us. And we are to be imitators of Christ. The next thing I want to tell you about is the legacy of forgiveness. You've heard it said, I can forgive him, but I'm not going to forget. Please don't ever say that again. Please don't act that way. Because what happens is you build a wall between you and the person that you're not forgetting their offense with. Jesus does not remember our sins when we um, ask for forgiveness. When we pray um, the Lord's Prayer, this little sentence is sometimes one of the hardest things for people to pray. Truthfully, it says, And forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. Let's say we um, we forgive our spouse. Sometimes that has to happen daily. But if we only forgive them... 5%, then we've got 95% of unforgiveness still in our heart toward our spouse, the person that we're supposed to be closest to. Do we want God to forgive us only 5%? I'm thinking, no, I need him to forgive me 100% several times a day. When we only forgive partially, we begin to build a wall in front of us. And we put up a barrier between us and the one that has given us an offense. And so let's say one person, we have a wall for one person. And then now we have another wall because someone else has offended us. And then we have a third wall because someone else has offended us. And then you know that fourth person is coming and they're going to offend us too. What have we done? We've encased ourselves within a wall. And there is no way... That people can get to us or we can get to people. We have to forgive like Jesus forgives. Remember when he was on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they have done? They had beat him, plucked his beard out, put a crown of thorns upon his head, nailed him to the cross, they spit upon him, And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, 
or they don't know what they've done. Do you think sometimes that people offend you and they don't really know what they've done? Stop to think about that. But let's leave a legacy of forgiveness. Let's let our children know that they have been totally forgiven for whatever offense they have committed against us. Let them know. And then there's a legacy of holiness. To be holy means to be dedicated, to be sanctified and set apart for a divine purpose. And we just kind of put it in everyday um, language in our Wednesday night class. It means just doing what God told you to do. That's living a life of holiness. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearer. Make sure your words are holy because they are everlasting. Whatever you speak goes on forever and ever. And I know that because we're built in the image of Christ and his words go on forever and ever. Do you remember that, that song? Um, and I'm not going to sing it, Brian. I'd have to sing so low like you would too, but I'll just say the words because that will probably bless you more than my singing. But remember that children's song, Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Be careful, little hands, what you touch. Take heed to that because that can help you live a holy life. I want to tell you another story about my family. My, my grandfather, Big Daddy, and he was about that tall, <laughs> and Mother Autry, my grandmother, um, lived in San Francisco, and they had this big, huge Victorian house. And um, so my mom and my sisters and I went to clean out the house to settle their estate. Now, our inheritance was stolen from us. They had left us money and property, but it had been taken from us by some other family members whom we have forgiven totally because it was just stuff. It was just money. Yeah, we could have used it. We could have enjoyed it, but it was just stuff. It's not worth, it's not worth spending eternity away from Christ about. So our, our inheritance was stolen from us, our money and our property, the, the tangible things. But our grandparents left us a legacy of holiness. We went through every inch of that house, and they were from the Depression era, so they, they kept everything. It was like hoarders on steroids. <laughs> but the thing that blessed me so much was that there was nothing in that house that misrepresented Christ. There was not a magazine. There was not a picture. There wasn't a VCR or VHS, which that was the era that they passed away in. There was not a statue. There was not a letter. There were no bad words anywhere. They left us a legacy of holiness. And so you guys think about this because one day you're going to leave this earth. What's in your house? What kind of legacy will you leave for your children 
and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren to go through? Will they see a side of you that is not pleasing to God? Or will they know that they know that they know that you practiced what you preached and that you lived a life that was pleasing to God? Leave a legacy of holiness and then leave a legacy of worship. Give unto the Lord the glory due his name and worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. When you think about worship, it's sometimes something you just do um, in the shower or when you're alone. But have your children ever heard you actually worship God? Have they actually um, seen tears run down your face when you are just magnifying him and just sharing with him how much you love him? I want you guys to do something for me. Close your eyes for a little bit. I want you to see what or to hear what worship sounds like. Father God, you are so absolutely amazing. There is none like you. God, you are holy and you are righteous. Your words are truth. You are lovely, Lord. You are kind. You are good. Lord, your grace fills the skies. And your mercy is never ending. Your love is perfect, Father. And your peace encircles the universe. God, there is no one like you. You are strong. And your wisdom is unmeasurable. And I glorify you, God. Holy, holy, holy is your name, Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy is your name. You are wonderful. Oh, God, we adore you. We adore you, Lord. You are our everything. And you are greatly to be praised. You are greatly to be worshipped. You are everything to me. And I honor you, Father. All the days of my life, I desire to honor you and to praise you, to worship you and to love you. God, to glorify you is my honor. To know you, Lord, is my privilege. Holy, holy, holy is your name, Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy is your name. You are Lord and you are King. You are wonderful. And I thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for leaving us a legacy of worship to the Father. Do you guys ever worship God like that? Because when you do, you just get right into his presence. And everything that you ask of him is according to his will. Because you have his heart. And you hear his spirit. His spirit is at work in you. And he knows that you acknowledge him even when you don't need anything. How many of you like for people to just hang out with you when they need something? Wouldn't we rather just spend time having a good time with each other instead of someone always coming and saying, oh, I know I haven't talked to you in a 
couple of years, but I need $50 today. Sometimes that's what we do to God, but we are to leave a legacy of worship to him. We are to worship him all day and all night. Can't you imagine the legacy of worship that Jesus left when he would go early in the morning by himself and just spend time with the Father? I long for that. I long for that. Or when you're just maybe driving in your car and you have this worship song on and, and, and you're just, you know, just getting with the music and before you know it, you're going like 10 miles over the speed limit because <laughs> you're so into what you're saying to the Father. <laughs> we kind of have to ask him to help us when I have a lead foot at that point, right, Lipa? <laughs> but God is so awesome. And he is worthy of worship. Leave a legacy of worship so that your friends and family members will know that your heart is turned toward God. And leave a legacy of blessing with your words. It is so easy to just say kind words instead of hurtful words. I don't want anybody to raise their hand right now, but... Have you ever said to someone, you are so stupid, you idiot, you are ungrateful, you'll never be anything, you're just like your father, you're just like your mother. And when people say that, they are not leaving a legacy of blessing, but they're leaving a legacy of curses. And if you love someone with agape love, you don't want them to be cursed, you want them to be blessed. God blessed Abraham with his words in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. He said, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Have you ever walked up to your kids and just said, you're a blessing to me. You're going to be a blessing to others. You're so smart. You have godly wisdom. You are an encourager. I'm glad you're my kid. Those are leaving legacies of blessings and not curses. Please don't curse your kids, moms. Please don't curse your kids, dad. And don't let anybody else curse them either. I am very careful about what I allow people to say about my children and my grandchildren. I will call you out <laughs> because I want my kids to be blessed. So don't say bad stuff about my family. Not just my family, but my family, the whole body of Christ. And certainly don't say anything bad about my Heavenly Father. Are you kidding me? Uh-uh. Not going to happen on this watch. <laughs> but leave a legacy of blessing with your words. Because Jesus did. Now, I'm leaving this last two for the end because if I would have started with them, I probably would not have gotten through everything else. So I'm going to try to keep it, keep it short. But leave a legacy of Bible study. Do your family members and your coworkers know that you own a Bible that's not collecting dust? Do they ever see you open it? 
Do you ever quote words from the word of God, the truth of his word? In 2 Timothy um, chapter 2, verse 15, the King James Version says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We are commanded to study the Bible, not just read it, but to study it. I kind of like the way the voice um, translation says. It says, do everything you can to present yourself to God as a man who is fully genuine. Do everything that you can to present yourself to God as a worker unashamed of your mission. Do everything you can to present yourself to God as a guide capable of leaving, leading others along the correct path as defined by the word of truth. Now, if you never study the word of truth, you won't ever be able to lead anybody along that path. My mom had this Bible. She passed away about four and a half years ago, and I know where she is now. In fact, at her funeral, 20 people gave their lives to Christ or rededicated their lives because of the life that my mom lived. But she left to us a legacy of Bible study. And I wasn't even going to cry today because I'm so excited about where she is. But if you saw my mom's Bible, <laughs> it's kind of funny. She, has a, she had a big print Bible like I have now. <laughs> I used to be able to use a little tiny print, but I got the big print. But, it, but she would sit up late at night and she would read her Bible. And she would underline it with blue ink pen or black ink pen or Crayola or colored pencils, anything she could find. And I just wonder how God gave her revelation as she was studying his word late at night. Sometimes as kids, we'd get up in the middle of the night and run to the bathroom, you know. And I'd see mom sitting there with her Bible on her lap. Sometimes her head would be down because she had fallen asleep studying God's word. And sometimes she would just be sitting there with a smile on her face because of a revelation that God gave her. Let those that are around you know that you cherish the word of God. And it is important to you that nothing else is more important to you that day than studying God's word. Thank you. Let them see you with your Bible open on the kitchen table, even if there are dirty dishes on the table as well. Let them know that those dirty dishes are not as important to you as studying his word, because that's what's going to last. Jesus left us a legacy of Bible study, of the word of God. He is the word. And he left that with us. Remember when he was in the temple and he talked to, um, to the people and they said, they wondered how he had such a command of the word of God. Little did they know he was the word and he was there before it was written. Leave a legacy of Bible study to those around you and share with others the revelation that God has given you. Leave a legacy of prayer. Now, I could go on and on and on and on about prayer. And sometimes I do. My husband will tell you. 
that I can pray long prayers. But the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17 to pray without ceasing, right? So it's okay to pray long prayers as long as you're praying according to God's spirit. Jesus left a legacy of prayer. He went up early in the morning and he prayed. He talked to the Father all throughout the day. He got his instructions from God through prayer. Prayer doesn't mean just talking. It means listening too. So as you are praying, whether you're on your knees or laying across your bed or sitting up, listen to what God has to say to you. My little granddaughter, Lily, she was named after my mom. She was, I was at her house, her and Jackson's house. Jackson's my grandson. Well, their parents, Torin and Crystal, live there too, but I call it, <laughs> I call it Jackson and Lily's house. <laughs> Lily was running, and she was playing, and she fell down, and she scraped her knee, but there was no blood or anything. So she said, Gabas, Gabas, look, my knee. And I said, oh, Lily, come here. So I picked her up. I pulled her onto my lap. I put my hand on her leg, and I began to pray. I said, Father God, please heal Lily's knee and just make it work according to your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. And we both said, Amen. I am leaving with my granddaughter a legacy of prayer that she knows that Jesus heals. I want her to know that. So now every time I go over and Jackson's got a boo-boo sticker on, Gabas, Gabas, look at this. I wanted them to call me grandmother, but they call me Gabas, you know. And then I pray with them more than at dinner time and more than at night time. Um, one of Jackson's fun things to do is to um, get bad guys with his sword. And so we'll go through the house and we'll, you know, doing the ninja thing, getting bad guys, and then we'll put them in a closet. They're invisible bad guys. But then we'll go in and we'll say, Bad guys, do you want to become good guys? And they say, yes, yes. And then we lead them in the prayer of salvation. How awesome is that? That's nothing God, I mean, that's nothing I thought of, but that's something that God shared with William and I to do. And so then we let the bad guys out of the closet, and they become good guys. Now we've got a whole room full of invisible good guys. But, <laughs> but what an awesome thing to do. How fun is that to just lead bad guys to Christ, right? Aren't we supposed to do that? Someone led us to Christ. In closing, I'm going to ask you guys to do something. I'm going to ask you to stand, but don't stand yet, because I want you to be really serious about this. If you want to leave a legacy of salvation, a legacy of love, repentance, forgiveness, holiness, a legacy of worship, blessing, Bible study, and prayer, then I want you to stand because I want to pray over you. But if you don't want to leave that legacy, please don't stand because in your standing, you are making a vow to God. Father God, I thank you and I praise you for these wonderful people that you've created, God. People that you've created in your own image who want to live a life of obedience to you like Jesus did. Father, I pray that you have placed everything within them that they need for life and godliness. 
And I pray, Father, that they will go forth in the power and in the might of the Lord Jesus Christ as they live and leave a life of salvation, a legacy of salvation, love, repentance, forgiveness, holiness, worship, blessing, Bible study, and prayer. Father, I pray protection over everyone in this congregation that has stood and every family member that they have, that they will know and be known by you. Lord, we thank you for your holiness. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. And we thank you abundantly for the legacy that the Lord Jesus Christ left to us. Father, help us to go forth and to do your will. I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.